Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome again to Grand City Station. I'd introduce myself earlier. My name's Jeff. If you don't know me, I'm pastor here at Grand City Station. And today we're kicking off a brand new series called 40 Days in the Word, where we're really going to dig into God's Word. And uh, I'm really excited about it because I think that, that this series and this initiative, it's really more than just a sermon series, it's really a, an initiative that we're doing, has the potential more than anything we've ever done here at Grand City Station to really change the trajectory of your life. Because if you really fully engage in this as we go through this, then it is going to make a significant impact in your life, not just for the next 40 days, but for years and years to come. There's five primary ways that, that we grow as followers of Jesus. One of those ways is, in fact, God's Word. Another way is prayer. Another way is by serving others. Another way is by what the Bible calls fellowship, just, you know, uh, with other Christians, having community with other Christians, doing life together. Another way is worship. And really, there is a sixth way. It's called suffering, but we're not going to talk about that today. So we don't like to talk about that. But of all of those things, they're all equally important, but the one thing that has the most potential, according to research, the most has the biggest impact, the most across-the-board spiritual growth in your life is reading the Bible, just reading the Bible for yourself. So if you want to truly know God, if you truly want all that He has for you, if you want to really become all that He has called you to be and wants you to be, if you want to grow deep roots and have a strong foundation, then you really need to learn God's Word. You really need to love God's Word, and most importantly, you need to live God's Word. As we get into this 40 days, and really, this is kind of the prequel. The 40 days really doesn't kick off till, till next week, and so this is kind of the prequel, but there's four components to this. One of them is the Sunday sermon, the me talking, that part. But there's three other components that are really, really important that go along with this. The second one is the small group study that's going to be happening here on Wednesday nights beginning February 27th. That's not this Wednesday. That's the following Wednesday, 10 days from now, February 27th. I'll say more about that at the end. A third component of this is a daily devotional. There is a daily devotional that you can subscribe to that is a, a video devotional by a leading Bible teacher. And so that's really cool. So you get more information about that next week. And then a fourth component is scripture memory. Every week we're going to memorize one brief scripture together. So by the end of the six weeks, the end of the 40 days, you should have six different verses in your memory. So I really want to encourage you to engage fully as we get into this, to really latch on to everything that has to offer. If you can make the Wednesday night group, great. The things that we'll be talking about Sunday, if you apply those to your life, if you engage in those daily devotionals, you engage in the scripture memory, it's really going to make a difference in your life. Because what we want to do is, is obviously not just have 40 days in the Word, we want to have a lifetime in the Word. A lifetime in God's Word where we're developing this habit of being in God's Word day after day after day. I have a, a college friend that uh, is from Hallock, Hallock, Minnesota. And he, uh, when we moved up here 11 years ago, we moved to the region. And, and I remember it was the summer we just moved there. And he and his family came over to our house. And I remember we're standing in the kitchen and he says to me, he says, it's going to be really interesting to see how you guys handle the winter up here. 
And I just kind of laughed, and I'm like, I've lived in Minnesota all my life. Come on. I know what winter is like. And then he grabbed me by the arm. He pulled me closer. He got really serious, and he looked at me in the eye, and he said, no, Jeff, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the snow. It's not even the cold. It's the wind. It happened just like that. And I can say, after 11 winters, that I have to wholeheartedly agree. It's the wind, right? It's the wind. I mean, you can walk outside and have it be 30 below, but if the sun is shining and there's no wind, you're like, wow, it's a beautiful day. What should we do today? I think I'm going to go for a walk. But that wind just has a way of beating you down, beating you into submission. You're like, step outside the door, and the wind is like, like oh, you think you're going to go to school today? No. You think you're going to go to work today? No. You want to go to the store? Not today. It ain't happening. And then I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, wind. I surrender. I'll never go outside again, I promise. That's the way the wind works up here. It just kind of beats us into submission. And, and seriously, every day in the winter... I thank God that we have a solid, warm house that we live in. Because not everybody has that. And could you imagine like living in a cardboard box or a tent or, or something when those blustery, bitter winter winds are blowing? Jesus has something to say about this. We saw that video earlier, and I wanted some of you been... Who was around in the flood of 97, 97 98? All right, how about half of you? So you actually kind of get some of that, what was happening in that video. For the rest of us, I put the winter wind into context here so that we can get it. But Jesus speaks to this in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching... Anyone who listens to my teaching or, or listens to my, his, my word, his teaching, this is where we have his teaching, is here in the Bible. So anybody who listens to the scripture, listens to the Bible, listens to Jesus' teaching and follows it, okay, follows it, applies it, lives it, Anybody who lives out Jesus' teaching is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and those winter winds blow, and the floodwaters rise and the drifts rise above your house, the winds beat against that house. It won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Will you just join me in prayer for a minute? Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just enable me to communicate what you want us to hear, what you want us to learn today. Lord, that you just speak, uh, enable me to speak clearly the message that you've put on my heart, and God, that we would be able to follow it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So this is what I want to talk about today, is how do you do what Jesus says? How do you build your house on solid rock? How do you build your house on the solid rock of Scripture? I mean, we have no idea what's going to come our way in 2019, right? You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. But I can pretty much guarantee you this, you are going to have storms. You're going to have storms in your life. It might be an emotional storm. It might be a health storm. It might be a financial storm. But whatever it is, we're, we're all pretty much guaranteed that we're going to have some sort of storm at some point in our lives. Probably, very likely, this year, something's going to happen. And if you're not built on solid rock, you're going to crumble. Your house is going to crumble. And you can't build your house, you can't build your life on the opinions of others. You can't build your life on the shifting sands of culture. You can't build your life on how you wake up feeling that day. You have to build your life on God's unchanging truth as found in Scripture. If you don't do that, then all other ground is shifting sand, just as we sang. And your life is going to crumble beneath you. So how do you build your life on the Bible? How do you build your life on God's Word, on Scripture? I want to talk about that today before we really kick off next week and, and we dive into really how do you get into God's Word. This is really kind of the, the foundation for everything. How do you build your life on Scripture? I'm going to look at the book of James, which is toward the end of the New Testament. James was actually the half-brother of Jesus. And so, got this great, great little book in the end, towards the end of the New Testament. It's got lots of practical things. And in the, in the beginning, we're going to look in chapter 1. He really tells us five ways that we can build our life, or we need to build our life on God's Word. So let me just read a little bit for you here today. And if you have a Bible, even if it's on your phone, I encourage you to take it out and look up around James chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 19 through 25. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 25. If you have a Bible, I really encourage you to bring it um, during the series. If you don't have one, then we ha would love to give you one. Please see me afterwards. I would love to just give you a Bible. James 1, chapter 19. James 1, verse 19, I mean. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. So the first thing that James tells us that we need to do to build our life on scripture, and this is in your outline if you want to take notes, is I have to receive it with my ears. I receive it with my ears. He says you must all be quick to listen. And you must humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. That word accept is, in the original language, is a word, is a hospitality word. 
It means to welcome a stranger. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to welcome God's word into our hearts. That word planted or this plant is often a metaphor for used in the Bible for God's word, talking about God's word. God's word is a, is a seed that is planted in the soil of our hearts. So we have to welcome God's word, allow it to be planted in our hearts. In Matthew 13, Jesus tells this story about the farmer who is scattering seed, and he talks about these different kinds of soil. And he says, Matthew 13, 23, that the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word, and they produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Receiving God's word is a seed planted in your heart that produces this wonderful harvest in your life. But in order for God's word to be planted, you have to prep the soil. So James actually tells us how to do that. He tells us four different ways here how we prep the soil to allow the word to be planted in our heart. The first thing he says is to be quiet. He says, be quick to listen, slow to speak in verse 19. My wife tells me all the time that you can't listen when you're talking. At least I think that's what she says. Wasn't really listening, but that's what she says. But it's true, right? You can't listen when you're talking. You can't hear God speak to you if you're talking. The second thing he says is to be calm. Slow to get angry. It's interesting here that he, when we're talking, he's talking about God's word and prepping the soil. And why is he talking about being angry here or not to be angry? It's because you don't listen when you're angry, right? You ever try to reason with somebody that's angry? You ever try to speak truth to somebody who's angry? They don't listen. They're defensive instead of receptive. But if you're quiet and you're calm, then you can hear what people are saying to you. The same thing is true with God's word. Same thing is true of getting into the Bible. You can't be frantic. You can't be frustrated. You can't be hurried. If you want to hear God speak to you, you have to be quiet. You have to be calm. Third thing he says is to be clean. You have to be clean. Verse 21, get rid of the filth and evil in your lives. In other words, what he's saying is before you do some seeding, you got to do some weeding, right? Before you do some seeding, you got to do some weeding. I'm not a farmer, but I know one. I'm not a gardener, but I've seen a gardener before. But I do know this, I do know this, that, that if you just grab a bunch of seed and just throw it out there without prepping the soil, without cultivating the soil, breaking it up and weeding the soil, it's not going to take root and it's not going to grow. I know that much. Before you do the seeding, you got to do the weeding. You got to pull out the weeds. You got you to cultivate the soil, break up the soil. And the same is true with God's word. Before you put in the seed, you got to get rid of all the weeds, and you got to keep on doing this weeding. Keep on weeding out the sin in your life. Keep on confessing the sin in your life if you want God's word to take root. Fourth, he says to be humble. Verse 21 again, 
Humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. What does it mean to approach Scripture humbly? It means that you come to it ready to receive whatever God has for you. I'm sure you haven't done this, but I tend to do this. When I read something in the Bible, I go, oh, yeah, Joe really needs to hear this, right? Yeah, oh, man, I wish Susie was here, <laughs> right? We always think, oh, this applies to somebody else. But in order to get to really hear God's word, you have to come to it in humility and go, okay, God, what do you have to say to me? And what do I need to do? What changes do I need to make in my life? Because if I come with a prideful attitude that I don't have anything to learn, I don't have anything to change, I don't have anything to do, then guess what? I'm not going to learn anything, I'm not going to change anything, and I'm not going to do anything. So we have to be humble. So those are the four ways, really, that, that James tells us that how we can receive God's word with our ears is to be humble, be clean, be calm, and be quiet. Secondly, I read it with my eyes. So I receive it with my ears. I read it with my eyes. Verse 22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. This is the reason why we're doing the 40 days in the Word is because I want to see you blessed. I want you to be blessed by getting into God's Word. And as we learn God's Word, as we love God's Word, and as we live God's Word, we're blessed. And not only are we blessed, but others are blessed through us as we learn to love God's Word and live it out. Every one of you hopefully did this at some point this morning. You woke up, and you looked in the mirror, and you made some changes, <laughs> right? You got up, and you looked in the mirror, and you went, yeah, I don't really like what I see. So maybe you brushed your hair, or you picked that gook out of your teeth, you put on some makeup, you put a hat on, whatever you did. Maybe you did the sniff test, You're like, eh, I can get by one more day, whatever, but I'm sure none of you looked in the mirror and went, meh, and just walked away. Okay, maybe some of you did, I can tell, but you shouldn't have. Really, you shouldn't have. What James tells us is that we have to look carefully into God's perfect law, which is his word. We have to look carefully into it. As a gazing into a mirror, that means that you don't speed read it, you don't read it just to check it off your list so you can keep your streak going on you version. You don't just take a glance at it, you look at it carefully. You read and you reflect on it 
like looking intently into a mirror to evaluate our lives. That's what this is. It's a mirror to evaluate our lives. And, and then we evaluate our lives and we make some adjustments. We make some changes where we don't align with God's word and God's truth. It's not enough for you to merely hear God's word from me every Sunday. You actually have to read it for yourself. Otherwise, how do you even know that I'm telling you the truth? If you don't know what God's word actually says for yourself. Third, third thing we do is I research it with my hands and my mouth. I research it with my hands and my mouth. What's the difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible? Reading the Bible is reading the Bible. Studying the Bible means that you are actually writing down what you're learning and you're talking about it with somebody else. You're using your hands and your mouth. You're writing it down and you're talking about it with somebody else. Jesus says in John 5.39, he says, You search the scriptures because you think that they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. On Wednesday nights, beginning on February 27th, everybody say February 27th. Good. February 27th. That's not this Wednesday. It's next Wednesday. February 27th. Beginning on February 27th on Wednesday night studies, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be searching the scriptures, teaching you how to search the scriptures so that you can find Jesus on every page of the scriptures. We want to teach you how to do that on February 27th. Fourth, I review and I remember it with my mind. I review and remember it with my mind. James 1.25 says, If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you are serious about growing spiritually, if you want to be rooted and grounded in love, if you want to be a godly man or a godly woman, if you don't want to still be on the bottle 10 years from now, then you have to learn how to memorize Scripture. What does it mean to memorize Scripture? It's like studying for a test. You're reviewing it now so you can remember it later. Not so that you can crush somebody in Bible trivia, but so that when the storms of life come, you can recall Oh, yeah, that's what God says. That's God's promise. That's God's truth. That's right. And you can be encouraged. And you can encourage somebody else or, or be challenged, whatever it is. But during the 40 days in the Word, we're going to memorize, as I said, one verse a week. I think we can handle that. If I can handle it, you can handle it. So we're going to do that together starting next week, one verse a week to memorize so that when the storms of life start blowing and making you doubt, making us doubt if God is really good, if God really cares, if God really loves us, then we can recall God's truth. The fifth thing, this is the most important thing, is I respond with my actions. I respond with my actions. 
verse 22, James says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. This, this reminds me of Seinfeld. Any Seinfeld fans? Okay, so the rest of you, you probably won't get this. There's this great episode where he reserves a rental car, and they don't have his reservation. And they're like, sorry, we don't have your reservation. He's like, but I reserved the car. It's like the reservation only reserves like the idea of a car, but it doesn't actually reserve you the car. And, and Jerry Seinfeld says, anybody can just take a reservation, but it's the holding the reservation that's really important. That's what matters. That, I don't know if this applies, but <laughs> that's what I think of when I read this is, is James is saying, anybody can just read God's word, but it's doing God's word that really matters. That's what's really important here is the doing. If you go to church week after week after week and you just listen to what I say or you just listen to Christian radio, you just listen to God's word, but you don't actually do anything with it, James says you're a fool. You're deceiving yourself. It's like you're sitting in your lazy boy watching a workout video and expecting that to help you lose weight and look great. That's dumb, right? It's the same thing if you're just listening to God's word or reading God's word and you're not actually doing what it says. You're deceiving yourself. You're a fool. You can't expect to grow spiritually strong if you're taking in all this input but there's no output. All these things, all the first four things, they're input, right? I receive it, I, re I research it, I read it, I review it. That's all input. But if you don't respond to it, if there's no output, there's no real growth. Because truthfully, it's not what you know that determines what you believe, it's what you do that shows what you believe. You only truly believe the parts of the Bible that you actually do, not just what you know. So let's go back. Let's go back to what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 7, I want to read this again. Anyone who listens to my teaching, anyone who listens to the Bible and follows it, obeys it, does it, is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. Why? Because it is built on God's unchanging foundation. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. If you want to withstand the storms of life, you have to build your life on God's solid foundation of Scripture. All other ground is sinking sand. It's like that hymn says, all the ground is sinking sand. So let me give you an illustration here as we close how to remember this. So on the, the back of your 
program, if you have it, there's a hand on there. So this is something that I just learned this week, and I'm going to adapt it a little bit, kind of change it a little bit. But this is something that was developed by the founder of Navigators. Navigators is a, a Christian college ministry. Um, Dawson Trotman was the founder of it. I think he developed this back in the 60s. Somehow I just learned about it this week. Um, but I think it's great. And like I said, I'm going uh, to adapt it a little bit. So if you look at this hand, and you can write these things on here. We'll have it on there. So, so the pinky, that's hearing. That's hearing. I receive it with my ears, the pinky. This is going to make sense in a moment. Hang on. The ring finger. That's the reading scripture. So I read scripture. I read it with my eyes. The middle finger. <laughs> Studying scripture. I research it with my mouth with my hands and my mouth. Index finger is memorizing scripture. I review it and I remember it with my mind. We'll keep it up there for a little bit so you can get it. But the thumb, here's where I'm going to make the change. So I think that they have meditate. That's meditate there. I think meditation goes with memorization. So the thumb is responding to scripture. I respond with my actions. So here... Here's how it applies. So if all you ever do is hear God's word and you don't do anything else, you can't get a grip. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, I hear, I hear the light bulbs going off. So I can't get a grip on God's word if all I'm doing is hearing God's word. So I start reading God's word. That's better. That's an improvement. But I, I still can't get a grip. So I start to research it and review it. And I, maybe I can hold it like this. But what happens? Satan can still just come and to the thumb. That's why we have these opposable thumbs, right? Is that what it's called? Okay, good. You really need the thumb. You need the responding to be able to grab it. Now, with all five, I've got a firm grip on God's word. So that Satan can't come and steal it. Nobody can steal this out of my hand. Because I've got a grip on it. And I respond with my actions. Let me pray. Jesus, in your, your story about the farmer scattering seed, you tell us that there's all these, these different kinds of soil and that in order for it to take root, we have to have soft soil. So, Lord, I pray for all of us that our hearts would be soft, that we would receive what you want to say to us today, that we receive the seed that you want to plant in our heart today and that Satan would not be allowed to snatch it away, that the, the trials of life, the struggles of life would not be able to choke it out, God, but that it would, it would grow deep roots and grow into a beautiful fruit-bearing tree. For your glory we pray. Amen.